Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Black for Health liquid extract from Future Farm Botanicals combines the four most powerful of these plant-based foods, black garlic, black radish root, black peppercorn, and black cumin seed. It's an all-natural daily preventative against a host of possibly inflammatory issues. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, circulation, and immunity. It's a delicious tasting supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's my future. P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. And while supplies last, buy two bottles of Black for Health and get two bottles of Wild Oil of Oregano free. That's a $55 value just for listening to Intelligent Medicine. Myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. The theme is, uh, yeah, it's a pretty practical uh, theme, which is how to eat. The book is Reset Eating. Reset your health and resilience by turning what and how you eat into powerful medicine. This book is a great tool uh, if you want to do a reset or if you want to maybe share this with a family member. Maybe your family member is encountering some health problems and uh, you want to give them a practical guide on how to make a transformation. But the term reset, it suggests that somehow some people just get on this critical momentum. I, I liken it to the Titanic. You know, they saw the iceberg, they, you know, they, they set out a warning, but the momentum of the ship, it's very hard to turn around the Titanic. And I think some people have a Titanic-like metabolism that is critically propelling them towards their doom. Look, it, it, it is like pushing a button when you get it right. And, and I'm speaking from personal experience. Look, okay. I've, I've been 40 years as a scientist working in this field of food and health. Yeah. Um, but I got it wrong myself. And, and the way I got it wrong was I've always eaten a healthy diet. But in my... What you construed to be a healthy diet. Yeah, what I thought was a healthy diet. And, and in fact, I haven't changed the composition so much. I've changed my attitude, my timing to the food. Um, and I've also changed how I move in relation to my food. So I, I was carrying um, about 20 kilograms more than this. Oh. Um, uh, 20 kilograms? Yeah, 20 kilograms. Let's translate kilo that to uh, pounds. That's 50 pounds. Yeah, 50 pounds. Yeah, 50 pounds more. That's so, before I met you. Yeah, I was a, I was a fat toad. Um, <laughs> I, and, and I'd got and that way. you very athletic. I, I was working. We'd just taken a case to the European court. Um, I was working as hard as I work now. But um, a combination of factors, including the slowing of my metabolism, um, meant that I suddenly started becoming pre-diabetic. Wow, um, I and, didn't um, know that. Oh yeah, so you, you, you can see, uh, that we've got pictures on our website, anhinternational.org. Pre and um, post. Yeah, th th there was a picture in, um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a story there called Cycling the Alps, um, which is kind of when I went from a, a pre-diabetic state within a year I had reset my system, my endocrine system, um, and, um, and that 50 pounds came off me okay. um, in a healthy way. And since that time, it's been, uh, my body for the first time in my life has been stable. And it gets I used easier. To, it, 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 I mean, I have reset my system. Yeah. So, um, I, and there's a certain pattern of eating that I follow, but it's not gonna the set be, the way I have to do it is not the same as everyone. Right. So, 
Um, I, I have three very nasty obesity genes, so I'm very prone to gaining weight, um, always have been. Um, and um, so for me, a critical thing has been to, to be skipping breakfast. So I extend my, for most of the time, 95% when, of the time. When feasible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, uh, and, and then another critical thing is exercising, doing short um, bouts of intense exercise before I eat. H-I-I-T? Yeah, that it does include, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, or, or it might be doing a quick loop on my bike in the office before lunch. Um, another thing is when I eat a plate of food, when I, after a fast, when I approach that plate of food, I, if there is some carbohydrate on the plate, and there's some vegetables which has carbohydrate, but much lower amounts, above ground, um, non-root vegetables, um, and there is a protein source, the first thing I'm going to put in my mouth is the protein source. Because it's more satiating? Yeah, but, well, it, it's, it's a combination that's more satiating. It, 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 what it also does is, for example, if you're eating out and you put a French fry rather than a piece of steak. You could be off to the races. The, what the body thinks is, oh my God, we are going to be hitting this body with... So it's the same principle. If, you're, if you eat um, a dessert... First, uh, first, the blood sugar. Eat dessert first. The, That's yeah, the motto, right? the, yeah. But the blood sugar response is completely different uh -huh. from eating it after a meal. So in in our traditions, yeah. we have learned to do lots of things that that are actually quite good for health. Very often, um, so if you if you you know eat a chocolate bar, um, you know in the middle of the afternoon, you'll probably suffer another sugar crash. Um, and whereas if you eat the chocolate bar immediately after you've had a, a pretty decent meal, more, has a, has a completely like different effect. It's, it's donuts at the office meeting. Yeah. You know, it's like you had breakfast, you get to the office, pass the donuts, I yeah. can't pass up those. You know. Exactly, exactly. So think about when you eat those foods. So, um, yeah, so for, for me, um, it was also understanding that journey towards becoming um, a metabolically flexible human and what that means and kind of decisions, it, it, you know, it is in no way, it, I don't see it as a, as a diet. I mean, that's why, why we call the book Reset Eating. It is about resetting your metabolism and changing your relationship with food, mm -hmm. understanding things, we talked about this yesterday, to see hunger as a positive right. thing, not a negative thing. Because yeah. if you don't, you know, hunger is your ghrelin response. And you need that ghrelin response you in have order to be to there at certain times of the day and Correct. certain seasons even. Exactly, right? um, because you you will not your body won't know to switch the adiponectin you know leptin relationship doesn't start switching until you've got the ghrelin response. So you've got to think yeah. of the ghrelin response as a, a positive response that doesn't mean that you're going to start starving. Not right. at all. Um, what will happen is as you, it's an amazingly comfortable feeling. Once you have that and you don't eat, you maybe get yourself a glass of water or a herbal tea um, and check in at half an hour later, an hour later. It will and pass. you go, exactly. Yes. And then guess what's happened? You're in fat burning mode. And, and what, I, what I've done to, I did this for two years rigidly. Um, I, I use a, a blood sugar um, and BO. HB um, meter, so I do a pinprick test, so I can measure both my, you know, postprandial um, morning glucose, so I could look at my you blood sugar response. Your exactly, 
but I was also using the ketone sticks to be able to measure ketones on the same meter. I was using the, uh, the Abbott meter. Right. I find that very, very useful. And I can now pretty much predict, I don't need to do it anymore, because I know when I'm sitting at about one millimolar, you know, beta-hydroxybutyrate. Totally, yeah. totally. And, and it's, a, it's a super satisfying feeling. So I know mm -hmm. I'm getting hungry now. I know I ate five hours ago. I'm going to go through this because that's how I'm going to get into fat burning mode and, and I will up my nutritional ketosis. I was once uh, lecturing to an audience and you know I was droning on and on about physiology and, and, and I was feeling like a little bit losing the audience and I had like a brainstorm, like an idea and I said, okay, let's do this folks. Uh, everybody stand up and we're going to do a chant and that chant is Hunger is my friend. Now, say after me, hunger is my friend. So exactly the whole right. audience just keeps saying yeah, that. Yeah. And, but I, the problem is I think Westerners are so not at peace with the state of hunger. And hmm. you know, all the propaganda, all the advertising militates against us being okay with it. Hmm. It's hmm. not dangerous. We're not going to expire. Yeah. But it sends a distress signal that then we we then salve it with do, food. Do you know, do you know what, I, I, that, that's fantastic and that should be taught in all medical schools. <laughs> um, but what, what I do is I often get myself a, a, a um, glass of water or a herbal tea, but I, you'll all be familiar with Dr. Zach Bush. Mm -hmm. um, so have you, have you ever done Zach Bush's nitric oxide dump? No, okay. I think I've heard of it. Yeah, so, so, uh, okay. So basically you do a series of very rapid squats you oh. do then a series of very rapid arm raises, then you do angel wings, and then you do um, push-ups. So you've got that sequence. Um, he typically does three rounds of 10 each. I tend I to do... It, it, uh, by us, we call angel wings jumping jacks. Yeah, but you, you, yeah, you, you, except you're doing, them, you're doing them with your arms from, from fist here to oh, okay. fist bottom. But if, just look up Zach Bush nitric oxide dump okay. and you'll see it. Um, I, you know, when I'm running meetings, I will often get, you know, groups of doctors and others to, to engage in it. It's a lot of fun. But it's an amazingly, of all the very brief exercise regimes, you do not need to get into gym kit. You can do it in your, in your office clothes, your work clothes or whatever. Um, it's short enough to, to um, not get you into a full sweat. And it banishes hunger. It, it really, what, what, it, what it does is, is pushes you quicker. In my, in my experience, it pushes you quicker into nutritional ketosis. Okay. Which um, is the fat burning mode that exactly. we seek. And also, it, there's also benefits uh, of ketosis in terms of equanimity because it is a more efficient way for the brain to derive its energy substrate. Right? You will get your best thoughts, your best ideas, you won't then suffer a, a big crash like people get, you Brain know, the, fog yeah, and all that. yeah, you, you, your, your mind is at its clearest when you're in that sort of nutritional ketotic state. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Youthful Energy, providing you with a unique energy support of pure NT Factor. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. 
Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years. With a 45-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158, or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. So there's a big study out of uh, UK, which you're probably familiar with, and I forget the author, but Actually, the direct just, study? Uh, pardon me? Direct. Uh, well, it was about uh, the effects of diet on COVID. And what they concluded, uh, they didn't speak to the issue of, uh, you know, how much meat should you eat, is meat bad for you, is meat... They actually just spoke to the content, the vegetable and produce content of the diet was directly correlated or indirectly correlated, inversely correlated with the severity of COVID. Can you can you speak to that? Yeah, I mean, look, the it, immune resilience, the yeah, some parts. Look, the, the the bottom line is that food, as we we make a real big point of this in the book, food is information. We have been misled into this idea that food is calories, and if food, yeah. So if we think of the caloric value of food. And if that was all important, 100 calories of ice cream would do the same thing to our bodies as 100 calories of broccoli. And they are like chalk and cheese, dare I say it. So um, the, the, the fascinating thing about plants, and I do understand there is a carnivore movement out there. There, right. are, there are some very established medical doctors who've um, determined that going carnivore is the way to go. They usually and, take their shirts off on Twitter and show how shredded their bodies are. Yeah. Right. Now, I, I, I cannot, um, uh, from my perspective, I see no data that suggests that being carnivore only is going to be a good long-term diet. And the reason for that is there are so many of the 135 very well-established metabolic pathways we know of, um, many of them need have evolved alongside phytonutrients as information messengers. So food is information. And without that information, um, systems can't work so well. And uh, so the immune system is, is one of the hungriest for energy. It's also one of the hungriest for information. And so um, if, if we basically don't have enough of that information coming in, and that's why, we, again, we really push this idea of having colorful diets where you're consuming um, six phytonutrient color groups every day, one way or another. Um, you maintain the diversity of particularly the polyphenols. Um, so yes, I mean, there is a very clear association for people who eat simplified diets. To, to be honest, this is one of the main areas that when I moved from the sustainable agriculture to the sustainable health field um, over 20 years ago, um, the first major media article uh, about my work was my concern for what we call dietary simplification that is the result of the increasing globalization of the food supply. So as we become reliant on fewer and fewer um, you know, vegetables and fruits, um, you know, e e even the More animal foods. Processed foods that have yeah. long shelf life. But, but the, transported. even the base food itself, if you imagine that, you know, if you look at the number of edible fungi, the number of edible plants, um, and even the number of species of edible animal that are out there, we have, through industrial farming systems and globalization, we massively narrowed it. 
and then we degrade lack of diversity. Yeah, lack of diversity. Then that, then we degrade that food in order to make it, you know, have a longer shelf life. So we're, you know, while we live to um, among the longest lifespans that that human beings have ever lived, we're in a very unusual situation that, uh, as a species, in which many people now spend the last one third of their lives in a morbid state, one form or another. And of course, with COVID, what we've seen is the people who suffer the greatest consequences of infection with this virus are people with multiple comorbidities. Yep. And And I think that's really the the take home from COVID is that, uh, no, we can't uh, assume that we're invulnerable because we exercise, think good thoughts and eat, uh, you know, pure foods. On the other hand, we can minimize our likelihood of developing, you know, severe COVID. Yeah. Yeah. But we need, we need to also think about things like, um, I mean, in our ecological terrain, again, we talk about it in the book. Um, if you look at mitochondrial function, we need people to understand the consequences of sarcopenia. So, you know, sarcopenia is, wasting. is muscle wasting, age-related muscle wasting. Mm-hmm. So, it is our skeletal muscle is our primary mitochondrial reserve. Mm-hmm. If we lose a lot of skeletal muscle, we're losing mitochondria That's frailty, elsewhere. which is another comorbidity. Exactly. So, sort of the opposite of the obesity, but frailty, on the other hand, you don't want to be emaciated and weak because then you become vulnerable. Exactly. And what we need is a, is a large number of mitochondrial energy factories in our body to be able to mount a strong immune response. So when we look at the fact that many elderly, frail people pass because of pneumonia, some infectious disease will take them out. It's often because they're incapable of mounting an immune response. So we, we, if we combine things like metabolic flexibility as a target with um, approaches to diet and physical activity that promote mitochondrial biogenesis, that produce more mitochondria, um, so you, you, can, you can, even if you're on the downhill path in terms of mitochondrial function, you can actually turn it around, regain it. Absolutely, absolutely. And you, you, you can see people in their 80s and 90s. Um, dare I say, a lot of the ones that I know are people also who ride bicycles. Who's yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, trouble keeping up with them. Yeah, it, it's, uh, but, 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 but there are you know, others who choose to, to um, you know, if you look at the, the work on the blue zones, um, some of the work, I've visited some of these areas in, in uh, the montane areas of Sardinia. You look at when they applied pedometers and activity meters to the peop- these montane people who do have a plant-based diet with some um, you know, sheep thrown into the mix. Um, one of the crucial factors was that they are living on mountainside. Yep. And the moving from one field to another or one house to another in these mountain villages requires huge amounts of energy. And you look at the musculature of these people who live, um, you know, they're the longest lived Europeans, they often live to 100 with very little in the way of chronic disease. It is a combination of all those factors and largely unprocessed, plant-based but flexitarian diet, Mm -hmm. low stress, good community system, plenty of purpose in life, and they keep physically active till the day they die. That's well said. Uh, is, is diet enough? Because I know there's some advocates of uh, healthy eating who say, well, look, if you eat a, a healthy and balanced diet, there's no need for additional vitamins. 
I think that's pretty much impossible to do in this day and age. Okay. Um, and, and I think as someone moves more into dysfunction, the more vitamins and, and minerals and other micronutrients, including nucleotides that we've talked about, they're going to need. So there, there is often a therapeutic dosing that, that is needed to help reinstate balance and then a maintenance dose. Um, and, you know, if you look at classic examples would be um, zinc. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest, uh, and, and under Prasad who, you know, was the... Uh, zinc guy. Yeah, yeah. The zinc guy who, who discovered the essentiality. He just gave a lecture at uh, the American Nutrition Association. Yeah. Yeah. And it was an interesting lecture because he's, I think, in his 90s. He is. And he got COVID. And, and he got through it. It was, it was in the pre-vaccination yeah. era. So he was a sitting duck yeah. by virtue of his yeah. age. Yeah. And he tanked up on zinc. And this is anecdotal, an N of one situation. But uh, he weathered it and uh, you know, had a relatively mild course. Yeah. I, I, I've talked to him many times about it. And he, he's, for many years, because we, we got involved with him at the time of the bird flu scenario because oh. actually the WHO came to our group and said look can you provide us with what you think are non-pharmaceutical remedies if this avian flu thing gets out and we wrote a big report with Damien so Downing. Sounds like they were more open then than they are now. Yeah they, they, they did say you're not allowed to tell anyone we've asked you um, until a month after publication then you can tell them so we had a little press conference and the report still sits on our website but um, um, the, the, as Prasad has, has discovered that most of the zinc intake in the industrial world now occurs through multivitamins or fortified foods, breakfast cereals oh, and that sort of yeah. stuff. And of course, the problem is, is absorption because of the phytic acid that is in yeah. the grains that we're often eating. So you have it with your toast, with your breakfast, yeah. with your cereals. You're not absorbing very some, much. Some of the best research on zinc deficiency comes from Iran which is a high grain diet yeah. and perhaps the people who are, were poor in those days, maybe less so now, couldn't afford uh, animal sources of zinc, which is a more efficient delivery system and the, and the plant phytate bound up all their zinc and they had... 100%. Yeah. So, so we should really be getting it from our, from our meat um, or our fish and of course these days Shelf what we find... Yeah, nuts. Exactly. Yeah. So, but much of the fish is coming you know, it's farmed fish these days, and the uh, the animals are often, you know, either being fed animal feed, or they are consuming pasture, but on land that has lost its zinc, lost its minerals. So, so, so there, I mean, we need a, to supplement. There's a lot to talk about, and, and a lot of it is in the book, also with just really beautiful diagrams, practical recommendations, tables, and um, it lays it out beautifully. Reset eating. Uh, the book is available now via Amazon. The usual sources, Rob for Kirk, uh, Melanie Aldridge, and Melissa Smith, the authors. Um, just in conclusion, uh, let's talk a little bit about advocacy because uh, you and I share membership in uh, the Alliance for Natural Health, the USA version. And uh, we're taking the opportunity to interview you as you've uh, come across the pond to attend a board meeting. Uh, and so, uh, Tell us about the, uh, the sort of the dual tandem missions of ANH International, your organization in the, based in the UK, and ANH USA. Well, look, we, we've been at it. We've, we've all been at it for for over twenty years now, and um, you know, ANH has been at the forefront of many um, challenges, both in Europe and the USA. So, um, 
many of you will, will have heard restrictive of restrictive laws. Yeah. So so yeah, on on the health claims with Jonathan Emord, we've taken cases to to uh, prevent the FDA um, removing um, health claims. Looking at the scientific substantiation there, um, but um, obviously we, we we're in a predicament now where um, not only are chronic diseases getting worse, we've seen that, that our vulnerability to infectious diseases are getting worse. And we're living in a system in which more and more power is not just being given to the family physician that generally prescribes pills and potions, but now is institutionalizing the control of medicine. So even the doctor needs to be pretty careful about what he or she is giving or advising to their patient in the event that, that the medicines regulated might strike them from the register. So um, we've got a situation where we really need to move to helping to empower um, the populace, the people, to self-care. And obviously we've got this idea of self-care and self-management, but many people think of that as more self-management of a disease what we don't think of very much is how we improve function in health. So at NH, we, we are really looking at this big picture. Um, we are not a trade body. We are representatives of the consumer. We work alongside some supplement companies, but also a whole range of uh, doctors and other scientists and lawyers in order to um, maintain, keep the doors open for free choice. Choice is the most important thing for, for so many of us. And um, the strength that the NH USA has working so closely with us at NH International and NH Europe is that we see the, you know, the tip of the iceberg in Europe before we see the rest of it and in the US. Storm clouds are brewing in Europe for overregulation, restriction of supplements, and uh, there are people in the U.S. who want to emulate that. They say, well, this is, you know, the Europeans are so progressive. They're ahead of us in limiting the potential hazards of supplements. And uh, we really don't want that over here. We have a tradition of uh, freedom of choice and uh, autonomy. Yeah. And yet... Uh, I, I, think, I think COVID has been a big wake-up call for many of our American yes. colleagues because you guys have been telling us for, for donkey's years that you know, you're the freest place in the world. And you, you saw what happened when it came to um, control of free speech, for example, and censorship. Misinformation. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, medical and scientific misinformation is the new, the new tool that's being used to restrict access, to restrict communication. Um, and um, we've, got to, we've got to basically kick this stuff into touch if we want people to be empowered to uh, enjoy liberty, to uh, manage their own health um, and not just their disease. And, and this means we've got to approach this thing from many, many angles. So a wellness model, not just a disease treatment model. Exactly. And it's, All right, give us the heads up on uh, ANH International and... Uh... Yep, so our, our website is anhinternational.org. Um, we are 
you can access a huge amount of information. Use the search. It, it's such a wealth of, and a lot of it is due to your, you being so prolific on scientific and, and uh, health subjects. Yeah, so we, we, we cover a very wide range of, of issues from, the, you know, the witch hunt on, on red meat eating through to um, how to eat, how to keep chemicals out of your body. Agriculture. Yeah. That's a big initiative. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, our work in the U.S. parallels uh, yours. It's just a question of our focus is a little different. And that's anh-usa.org. And we encourage you to check out uh, both websites. Absolutely. And uh, uh, get the book uh, for your family, for your uh, loved ones. Uh, it's a great primer with a lot of great information distilled by today's guest, Rob Kirk in conjunction with Melanie Aldridge and Melissa Smith, Reset Eating, Reset Your Health and Resilience by Turning What and How You Eat into Powerful Medicine. I think that says it all. Ron, thank you so much for having me. It's my great pleasure. Thanks. You're always a great guest. And uh, bon voyage as you uh, head back to London. Thank you so much, Ron. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com.